Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing a horror film, and we are joined by a very, very special guest, Sydney Digri. Sid, do you want to do an intro for yourself? Um, I'm just going to say I'm back, y'all. She's I'm back. <laughs> Can't get rid of me. I'm here again. <laughs> we had Sydney join us in the past um, for an episode on Hustlers and also on Motherless Brooklyn. And today we're going to be reviewing A Quiet Place. So we've hit the full spectrum of different types of movies, I think. <laughs> hey <laughs> All right. So before we dive into our summaries for A Quiet Place, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary? Sure. In a post-apocalyptic world, a family is forced to live in silence while hiding from monsters with ultra-sensitive hearing. All right. Pretty straightforward. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just a different kind of monster that we have never seen before in a film, I think. Um, All right. So let's dive into our summaries for A Quiet Place. Who wants to start us off? Sid, do you want to go first? You want me to summarize or you want me to do my one my one line summary? One liner. Okay. Are you ready for this? Ready. Yes. Okay. My one line summary for a quiet place is a very oh oh sorry, drum roll. Drum roll, please. <laughs> I, I got ahead of the game. Okay. A very quiet movie with a very deafening storyline. Mm. <laughs> Mic drop. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Thank you you all for joining. We will see you next week. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) All right, Sarah. Your summary Uh, is quite My my summary is displaying culturally perceived weaknesses as the strengths they truly are. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. That's good. (laughs) That is good. Dang. That was a genuine reaction, too. Wow. (laughs) How do I follow these two? I was going to say, all right, Jen, you're up. Let's hear it. I'm just going to. I I really hope that you went in the silly direction because that (laughs) would be great. (laughs) Um, I kind of. Well, all right. So here's my here's my summary for A Quiet Place. A horror film where the real monsters are human miscommunication. (gasps) Nice. Guys, this is good. (laughs) Wow. Our okay. whole rest of the episode is just one-liners. Till yeah. the end. Till the end. <laughs> We're on a roll. All right. I think uh, I think we've hit them all. So let's dive into initial thoughts of A Quiet Place. Okay. Let me tell you mine. Okay. So first off, this is one of my favorite movies. And I'm curious Ooh. what Sarah has to say. Yeah, I am <laughs> because- too. Because... I I was telling someone the other day, I said, this podcast is great because I feel like Jen like covers like the broad stuff. She gets deep with the questions, but then Sarah comes in and she's mm-hmm. like, I noticed this detail. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I never even realized that. Mm-hmm. And she like picks it apart even more. And then I just come in and I say stupid things. So it makes like a really <laughs> great podcast. Um, but I'm really curious what Sarah has to say. I loved it. One, I love John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. So mm-hmm. that already made the movie for me. But I it was such a unique concept that I don't think has been done before. So it's even more intriguing. 
but I think it was very well done and I think there's nothing like it. So those are my initial thoughts. Mm. All right, Sarah, your thoughts. Or should we save yours for last? I'll go and share my thoughts. Yeah, you go, Jen. (laughs) Because I'm also intrigued what Sarah thinks about this movie. Oh, gosh. With her brain, you know, it's going to be a great episode. It works in different ways. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) She's going to be like, this one part of how the monster works Mm -mm, doesn't make sense to me. It's all over. I saw the chills on the neck of the monster, and I knew that it was like an authentic (laughs) film. Yeah. Just kidding. Mm. (laughs) See? What I love is that you guys already know there was one thing that I could not let go of the entire movie and I was just so bothered by. Oh, you guys Lord. already know. There was already a weird thing that I just, if they had changed one thing, it oh, would have Lord. been perfect. <gasps> okay, oh, I'm intrigued. Anyway. All right. We're going to build go this ahead, hype Jen. because I'm going to go <laughs> to continue to build the hype for what Sarah's thoughts okay. are. Um, I guess we should leave just like a little spoiler alert if you haven't seen A Quiet Place yet. You should probably watch it before continuing to listen to this episode. Um, I was prepared for this film to be incredibly scary. And <laughs> I was snuggled up in my bed. Like, I was prepared. I don't I do not do horror. It's not my thing. The adrenaline pumping thing doesn't, doesn't excite me. And I was just surprised at how this film was so much more focused on the family's relationship and this emotional drama of like a father-daughter and the daughter not knowing if the father still loves her and how they're processing through their guilt and their grief. And I was so surprised that a horror film could tackle kind of these human emotions with such depth, but also still keep some of the, the horror pieces in there. So in general, I was pleasantly surprised that this film was not as scary as I was mentally prepared for it to be. Um, and I... Honestly, most of my thoughts on this film are more focused on the characters and their relationships with each other. And uh, I think there are some things with the monsters that could have made it more exciting and thrilling, like not showing us the monsters until maybe the very end um, would have built up more intrigue for them. So I was just, I was pleasantly surprised that this was more of like a family drama more than anything else. Mm, that's good. That's good stuff. Take it away, Sarah. What is the one <laughs> um, thing? I know. I'm curious. Um, okay. Well, first, it was beautifully shot. I I loved just the way that it, the cinematography was beautiful. It was a very artistic film. Like there were some shots that I was like, "Holy crap!" Like I would I would frame that still. It was that beautiful. <laughs> so there was that, and then. I, I was so pleased that I don't have to get on my soapbox of hiring <laughs> hearing actors to play deaf roles. I love mm-hmm. that John Krasinski was so intentional to choose a deaf actress. Yep. Yes, that's amazing. So the film did so many things right. The thing that I hated was that it was 472 days after the invasion, which means that it was a little over a year after their son's death, after the four-year-old's death. And so this family that was so intentional and took so much detailed care with literally everything they did, how did they get knocked up after (coughs) their son died? I knew you were going to say something. (laughs) I deserve being pregnant. I am dead. I, I loved 
the concept <laughs> of the story and like this showing the the badassery of being a mom like yes that was incredible and Emily Blunt did such a good job but I just I wished that it hadn't <laughs> been 472 days I wish that it had been shorter because maybe she would have been pregnant mm-hmm. earlier and like before all this happened and she was kind of forced to bring this child into the world as opposed to getting pregnant after having lived in this post-apocalyptic silent world for so many months and after losing her son. So like she already knew how difficult it was to have a four-year-old like that. I mean, why would you even like attempt to have a baby in this world? (laughs) What if, Sarah, what if it was a coping mechanism? Mm-hmm. to Ooh. almost not replace that baby, that son, but to, I don't know, what ifs. We could play a game of what ifs. I thought about that same thing too because my initial thought was like, oh my gosh, why, why are you bringing a child into this context? But my other thought was to them this is, this is their new normal. And so I think they, they are trying to find a way to still – hold on to hope and still be able to, to, to build their family. I mean, why, why should they not be able to do that? Is it, is because that the choice there are that monsters. I would <laughs> There are monsters that might kill your family. <laughs> that, I mean, I feel like not that's wrong. a pretty good reason to not to, you know, like maybe let's just refrain. Yeah. But that I, could just be me. I don't know. I can just picture, this is what I picture. I picture Sarah, after watching this movie, counting 470, what was it, 73 days? Mm-hmm. I picture just looking at it at a calendar, just scrolling. It's like, okay, wait, what month is it? Okay, what the, okay. Yeah. Over a year and a half? Are you kidding? Just getting so frustrated, you know, figuring out that well, it was that soon. That I, was, I was actually doing that in the middle of the movie because, like, it. I loved that it dropped you in at 89 days. That was yes. amazing. I was here for that. And then it skipped yeah. to 472, and I was like, okay, so it's been over a year. That's cool. And then I saw that she was pregnant, and I went, oh, that's where we're going. <laughs> and so then I was doing the math in my head. I picture it in my head all right now. Yeah. Happy. <laughs> I but, also picture her yelling at the screen. Exactly. I was. Yep. We we were having the the birth control talk and, you know, the safe sex talk. You know, it's way too late, but we were having that conversation. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, I was going to say, you said it dropped you in at 80, what was it, 83 days? 89. 89. I was close. You were. Um, So (laughs) it dropped you in there. I loved how you were figuring out like the plot line as you went like it wasn't like okay here's the setup to the movie mm-hmm. it was like you just come in at the middle and you're like okay what happened before and where is this going and that mm-hmm. was like something I adore about this movie yeah they they didn't burden you as a viewer with all of this exposition and explaining yeah. how the monsters got there and why we're in this current universe you're just you're there and you'll figure out the rules yourself because we are viewers that are smart enough to be able to be observant and, like, figure yes. our way out. Yes. I watched it with a friend last night, and he was, like, it just, like, started. He, like, really didn't know anything about the movie. And he was, like, what? 
I have so many questions. Like, what's happening? I'm like, that's the best part. It's like, you have so many questions about the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And you just got to figure it out with the characters. Yeah, even little details like the the lights around their farm. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. you're like, they might serve some purpose, but they might just be there. And then you later see that the setup was she's going to turn on the red lights. And that's how the father's going to be able to know that she's in danger. All the little details. Yeah. So good. Everything served a purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, uh, I mentioned how there was so much like character development in this movie, which completely surprised me. I think most horror movies, we get pretty like archetypal characters and the main excitement and premise and momentum of the film is always around this impending doom that's going to come or, you know, those, the surprise moments that happen at every, every step of the way. And this film really takes the time with the characters for you to spend with them and understand their mental states and their personalities. Like, the little scenes where... Um, the son is out in the forest with his father. Like part of that purpose serves, um, you know, being able to show that if there's louder noises elsewhere, like the your smaller noises will not set off the monsters. But there were they also gave time to like the the scenes where they were talking about his sister's guilt and how his sister didn't know or wasn't confident that her father still loved him. Like they gave time to those moments, which I thought was very unlike what I went into the film with thinking that this was going to be the classic, like archetypal, just action, 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 horror, horror, horror throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was like so much to unpack, especially with character development, but I think they did a really good job. Like you said, Jen, of just allowing you to feel the emotions like mm-hmm. anytime like the stress levels of like John Krasinski I mean mm-hmm. all of them but especially <laughs> his character like anything like little happens like there was this major reaction to even just a little thing because I just assume their stress levels are like through the roof like their adrenaline is going like when you're sitting watching this movie you're like your adrenaline's going and I just picture mm-hmm. that like constantly throughout these characters and like that's their new norm of adrenaline and and it's written like all over their face like the fear and the anticipation of like what you're feeling is written all over their faces and like Mm -hmm. all the all their moves and their actions and how they respond and react and I thought that was pretty cool too especially when they it almost feels like they just begin to relax for a second or something feels normal again like the scene where they're playing monopoly and yay you know it's in general a quieter game than maybe like slapjack but they're kind of (laughs) settling in and you see them starting to like feel a little bit more relaxed and more normal and then she i think knocks over the the lamp or something like that and you see immediately, like, everyone in that room, her mother mm-hmm. in the kitchen, they all are, like, on edge in that, like, yeah, in that moment. God, what a nightmare. I know. Literally a nightmare. Which goes back to uh, Sarah's point around, like, why would you bring another human in? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but can we go back, can we go back to the shot of them introducing her being pregnant? Because I love that. Of, mm. like... She was hanging up. What do you call those things? Like a mobile? 
mm-hmm. when she's hanging that up and the shot is like on her belly like mm-hmm. her face is cut out like she's hanging it up you see the mobile but then you just see her belly and I was like that was clever I like mm-hmm. that yeah there were a lot of really great like cinematography moments where they would reveal something in a very yeah. interesting way versus just you know kind of shoving it in our face yes yeah I think I was surprised at how artistic this movie was you know you don't think of a horror movie necessarily as artsy fartsy or beautiful and this really was yeah I mean you don't think of a horror film as silent either mm-hmm. you know when which, you hear that you're like uh what yeah which just made it you know all the more tense and stressful yeah. Did you guys see it in theaters? Mm-mm. No. Okay, I saw I wasn't it in, in theaters. theaters. It so it was my first. I don't watch. I don't like horror movies. I will never see one in theaters. <laughs> I really wanted to see this one in theaters. Like, oh. so I went. Guys, the movie theater was silent. Oh, like you could hear wow. a pin drop. Just oh, you could yeah. feel just the anticipation in the room from everybody. It was insane. It was silent, y'all. That never happens in a movie theater. Someone's always coughing or knocking over their their drink or picking the Skittles, the candy wrappers. (laughs) Picking Skittles. That's what gets me, the candy wrappers. I know. Yeah. No, silence. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's incredible, yeah, because I watched it um, in my living room, and it's as silent as it could possibly be during, like, a – I watched it in the morning because I work Seattle hours these days. Anyway, um, you know, my parents are working. They're on work calls, and I tried to, you know, go into a spot that was as quiet as possible for a movie called A Quiet Place. (laughs) It probably pales in comparison to a surround sound theater. Yes. I, when A Quiet Place 2 comes out, y'all need to go see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. It's something okay. you gotta experience. So can we talk about A Quiet Place 2? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you I have thoughts, the, Sarah? I the, yeah, I hear it too. Like, yeah. why? Why do we need a second one? I don't understand. Sid, I know you're excited for number two. Why do we need a second one? <laughs> I know that, I mean, it's dangerous. Let's just it say is. it's dangerous. Yeah. It's a risk for sure. But I'm for how well they did for this one and the turns that they took it, I'm excited to see how they play off this second movie. Because mm-hmm. I think based on previews, it is a prequel of like how this came to be. Oh, interesting. I didn't know it was a prequel. Yeah. Based on the have you guys watched the preview? Mm-mm. I don't watch trailers. Okay, so it's like it is it's like how these monsters came to be. That's what I know from the pre- I don't know Aww. if they're going to jump back and forth or if it is strictly before day 89. Mm. So John Krasinski's back? They didn't show him. Oh. So I don't know. I mm-hmm. assume if it's a prequel, you would be yeah. And I want him to be because <laughs> trust me, um He's very good to look at. Um, <laughs> and he's a great part of the movie, you know. So I want him to be, but I don't know how I didn't see him in the trailer. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'm sure he wants to be so he can get paid. Yeah. To be on screen. 
<laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> but Sarah, what are you? I know you're not happy about the second one. Do you I'm think they're going to butcher it? Yes. Okay. Why? I just, I don't have faith in sequels. And are you sure that it's a prequel? I'm not positive. Yeah, I thought it wasn't a prequel, but it's possible that they pivoted or they are going to do the, like, cutting back and forth between. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's strictly, like, before to 89. I think it is going to jump back and forth. But Mm -hmm. it does. I know for a fact it does show before. Mm, At least one scene before, based on the previews. So I think uh, I I don't like the idea of having to follow these incredibly traumatized characters because, like, lost the son and then just lost the dad and have to watch them continue to fight in in this world. Like, I I feel like, you know, we... <laughs> we didn't really get to address the son's death very much. Like you can tell that they're all traumatized from that. And like the film does address that, but you're going to have to address John Krasinski's death in this. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't want to continue to watch these traumatized characters, honestly. (laughs) Like I'm just, I'm not interested in that. Um, And I think that (laughs) A Quiet Place was so good on its own. I really, really hate that they they decided to make a second one because it didn't need it. There was no reason to to make another one. So I'm just I'm a little disappointed that they went that creative route. I hope that it's good. I I trust that John Krasinski will do a good job writing and directing again, but I ugh, I just didn't see a need for it. What if it was into the future? So it wasn't it didn't pick up where this <laughs> this film left off, but this was now day like 1005. <laughs> She's like, "Nah, I don't know." I'd have to think about, about it. it. Okay, but like the scene at the end where she like loads the shotgun mm-hmm. and is like and just yeah. like the badassness that of was her awesome. face. Does that not make you want to be like, I want to see her, like, go after these <laughs> no, monsters? I, I, okay. I don't want that. I just, she said, nope. That, that was enough. She, you know, she, she okay. did what she had to do. She was like, I'm a mom. Don't mess with my kids. I'm going to jack you up. And that's it. I don't need any more. Because I know that she's going to continue to do that. I don't need to see her do that. It's, it's done. She's great. I would love to see Sarah be part of the studio executive team and everyone's yeah. going to come and pitch, hey, let's do a sequel because we know it's going to make no. money. And she's going to be like, no. I don't care about our effing profit. Thank you. We will not make the sequel. Reject. Deny. Well, she's like, we're not going to ruin what we started. Exactly. It was great. Why ruin it, guys? Not necessary. That's true. But there was, okay, so another segue. So um, going back to what you said, Jen, about, um, actually, I don't know if it was Jen or Sarah, but you guys were saying that uh, you didn't expect, like, the family dynamic of a horror film or, like, like, the lessons taught and whatnot. I was, like, one, blown away by that, but two, kind of, like, the Christian undertones, like, the gospel mm-hmm. undertones of the fatherly love. Mm-hmm. And Spoiler alert, especially when John Krasinski sacrifices himself for his children. 
mm-hmm. that like having that I don't know that aspect of the horror film really blew me away I was just like Ugh. like there mm-hmm. it just brought a whole nother level to this already unique film mm-hmm. yeah I I think most like climactic moments in horror films are like the demon is finally at its full-fledged you know force and it's like ready to attack and you see just it leaving so much destruction so I feel like this film is almost more like an action movie like there's this emotional drama that happens and that all comes to a head in the final like action scene and he sacrifices himself for his daughter and you know there's this whole plot line of him not really communicating that to her clearly and her doubting him and his love and then she finally like understands fully so to me this was this was more of an action movie than a horror movie yeah yeah for sure yeah while i was i was watching i was thinking that we probably need to come up with like some new genres mm-hmm. cuz i i don't know that i would necessarily ca- classify this as horror either it was suspenseful you know maybe maybe even in like the thriller category but I wouldn't consider it a horror film and so I was thinking of um, Mother also which was also marketed as a horror movie but I don't know that I would necessarily call it horror and I just I think that we need maybe some new categories for (laughs) films like this that they don't cleanly fit into the classical definition of a horror film mm-hmm. yeah um, I want it I want it classified as a horror film just so I can say I saw a horror film <laughs> uh, strictly, plus one on strictly that strictly personal uh but I'm just throwing it out there so all right <laughs> I guess we'll keep it just for you Sid thank you I appreciate all right. it. one exception <laughs> <laughs> but you're right Sid I love that moment when he sacrifices himself, I it's like the entire movie. You, I was wondering, are they are they going to have someone die or not? Like yeah, I could see course. this movie because because it was less scary than I expected it to be. I was like, maybe they're not going to kill off anyone. Like maybe they'll keep it a little bit more mild. Psych. Mm-hmm. But I feel like of all the characters that should die, it needed to be the father. Yeah. The mother can't die because she's carrying the baby. The two kids. We already went through one of the kids dying. Yeah, They're not going to do that again. Death, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which can we just acknowledge that they killed off a kid in this movie? Like, yeah. that's impressive that they were yeah. able to get that written and through the whole creative process and actually yep. into the film. That mm-hmm. yeah. wow, you don't see that every day. Yeah, uh, in such a heart wrenching way too. Yeah. And in such an innocent way. Yes. Yeah. Like. Oh, and how that just, like, prepped for the rest of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's what created the tension between the, the daughter and the father. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, oh. Yeah, they simultaneously accomplished, like, setting up the emotional stakes, but also setting up the rules of the universe and the fact that this yes. this is the stakes that all of these characters are at. If they make sound, this is their fate. So smart. Yes. yes. And how that one moment carried out through the entire movie Mm. emotionally with Mm -hmm. the mom with Emily Blunt yeah and like the couple times throughout the movie where she's like still feeling that pain 
mm-hmm. and addressing that and same with uh even bringing that into the son with the son asking the dad like do you mm-hmm. blame her because you know she blames herself and then the daughter feeling that mm-hmm. so just like a continuous emotion of that heaviness throughout the film mm-hmm. yeah which I, I appreciate that they did because in real in real life the grief yeah. that level of grief is so permeating to every area of your life and for years and years and years beyond so it was great that they didn't just like kind of kind of brush it off as like a all right here's one of the plot points if someone dies yes yes it wasn't just like one and done yeah they really like respected yep Mm -hmm. yeah but the sister giving him the racket back i was like this is one of those moments where like it's great to be compassionate but oh why? Did you guys expect that? For like, that she was gonna when give he it to grabbed him. the bat. No, when he grabbed the batteries and walked mm-hmm. out. Did you think, oh, he's gonna die, or do you think, oh, something's gonna happen to the family, or did it, like, did you just ignore it? This is one of those moments where I wished that uh, trailers didn't exist and the internet didn't exist because I feel Ooh. like going into this movie without knowing that it was about how you have to be quiet otherwise you would die I feel like that would have felt more exciting like there may have been more questions that I had um and then that final moment where the rocket does go off and then he gets killed would have felt more dramatic and more surprising but because I know I knew the concept of this film and kind of the premise it's like oh, okay well this is this is gonna end up poorly at some point that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, no, I was like, yes. Yeah. He took the batteries. <laughs> this is going to happen. <laughs> Hollywood, don't chicken out on me. And they didn't. And it was great because they, like you guys said, if it hadn't been such an emotional moment, then there wouldn't have been such a severe catalyst for the entire film. Like it mm-hmm. had to happen that way for it to be as good as it was. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad that they made that ballsy move to kill off the kid. Because uh, if they would have chickened out and, you know, the the dad would have saved him in time or whatever, the movie just wouldn't have been as uh, as dramatic or as engaging as it is. Mm. That's true. Okay, so what... Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead, Jen. I was going to say, I, I did expect that it was going to get them into danger or into trouble. Yeah. But I didn't expect that the that scene would end so quickly and with that kid dying that fast that I didn't expect that I thought this was gonna be like the first 20 to 30 minute first act of the movie where they're now on the run and they're gonna Mm. be hunted and it was gonna be this big action scene so that I definitely didn't expect so what scene got you more the son dying or the dad dying Ooh. Ooh. what do you what do you mean like, Which I guess emotion-wise, like, what, or even, yeah, I guess emotion-wise, like, did this child dying get you more, or did the dad, and the way that ended of him saying, I love you, I've always loved you, get to you? Because I'm mm. a sap, okay? <laughs> I tell you, both got to me. But there's something about a the father. scene, a fatherly love, mm-hmm. and him, like, finally, like, expressing that, sacrificing himself for his children, and showing that. That just, like, killed me. 
yeah that that scene got me more than the the first child yeah exactly I think because again the movie spent enough time and respected its characters emotional growth enough to like give it enough uh tension to where the daughter just like was so eaten up by not knowing if her father still loved her like I feel like if they didn't play that up enough that ending scene wouldn't have felt as impactful but they gave us enough time with her going like you see those little moments where she's fighting with her dad and you see the moments where the brother is talking to the dad like it's been built up so there's now a wait for when he does make the sacrifice mm, that's good what about you sarah? Hi, sarah i mean y'all know that i don't watch movies <laughs> like a normal human we know so it was just it it, it was time like it, it, it didn't get it me because time. it was just like that's what needs to happen in order for the the movie to continue going like it was just <laughs> it was just what was next <laughs> okay yep yeah that's that analytical side of you that's like yeah here we go yeah. I'm just I'm I'm dissecting it the entire time I don't yeah especially not like the first time I watch something, I I don't I don't feel the emotional weight of it. I I I see it just purely analytically, which is yeah. probably the opposite of most people. But mm-hmm. it's yeah. fascinating because I I do the opposite. The first time I'm just mm-hmm. like taking me on this journey, I'm ready. Yeah. And the second time I'm like, all right, how did you take me on the journey? I need to figure mm-hmm. it out. How did you make yeah. me feel all the feels? Yeah, nope. I have to try to figure it out. You're opposite. <laughs> <laughs> By the second and third time, I'm looking for details I didn't see the first time. Mm-hmm. But the first time, I'm just, like, in the movie. I'm just watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about the scene where she's giving birth and she's having contractions? <gasps> like, I feel like that was the most terrifying part of the entire film. Not when the monsters were actually, like, about to attack them. It's the thought of needing to stay silent without mm. any numbing and having to give birth to a child. Just, they've truly taken like pregnancy and having to stay silent, the worst possible combination of things together. Like Sarah, I think they might've considered in the writing room, like mm, maybe this doesn't make sense, but they're like, but think about how we can show mm-hmm. giving birth while staying yeah. silent. They're like, yeah. screw it. It's worth it. Let's do it. <laughs> because, oh my God. That, that's the horror in, the, in this horror movie. It was cringeworthy mm-hmm. in the best way. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, I can't. Oh, God. <laughs> it was just like, it was painful, but it, just the way they portrayed it and shot it, and it was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and Emily Blunt's performance was absolutely oh. incredible. Like, yeah. Wow, I big yeah. Fan. She committed one thousand percent to that. Mm-hmm. I was I was pretty amazed by her. It was interesting watching the trailers for this after watching the movie because I didn't watch them before I watched the film, and they use a lot of the shots of her like in the bathtub and whatnot as like the big mm-hmm. suspenseful yeah. action moments. And like I think when you're watching the trailer, you probably think, oh 
it's the fact that she's getting tortured or she's about to die or whatever. And yep. to watch the movie and realize it's because she's giving birth. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> such smart marketing. I That was one good thing. Like, I loved it was hard for me because I wanted to see the movie so bad, but I didn't understand what the monster part was going to be. And that's what was so like, oh, can I see this? Can I not? Like, because mm. I don't like horror films. So I didn't know if it was going to be like a monster, like uh, something demonic. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. And that's what put me on edge because, you know, they didn't prep, like, preface that mm-hmm. fully in the trailer, which I actually enjoyed because you mm-hmm. don't know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it turns out they're not that scary. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, I would compare it to bugs. science creatures, like the aliens from science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like one of the Harry Potter like creatures or monsters. Yeah. <laughs> that level of scary. That's okay. That was one of my problems with this movie is that we see the creatures like in full detail. Way Mm -hmm. too early in the movie. Like, I think the first scene we see kind of, like, some figure grab the little child with a rocket. It's like, okay, that was, you know, that kind of piques your interest. You you don't know, but you're kind of curious. But then I think we see the monsters just throughout the whole movie way too early. And I think the suspense, you know, like, Sid, what you were saying when you watched the trail and you didn't know what they looked like, they could have dragged that out for longer, I think. And I feel like it would have been more fun and more thrilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, could have learned well, from Jaws and and done it that yeah. way, and not revealed the monster. And I feel like they tried to do that, but they, you're right, they revealed too much too early, so that the the final shot when we like really really saw it, we weren't as I don't know horrified or shocked yeah. or intrigued by it because mm-hmm. we'd already kind of seen it. Yep, that's very true. Okay, something just popped in my head. Okay. Okay, the I was a big fan of the way they kind of portrayed point of view based on, like, sound. Mm. So when it was, uh, what's her name, her character's name? Which one? The sister? Uh, yes. Re- Regan. Regan, okay. When they showed, like, Regan, her point of view, the, I don't, like, it was, like, the point of view of her not being able to hear. There was, like, a, a certain silence that mm. came when they were portraying something with her. And then it would switch over, like, to actually, like, the sounds, the little sounds in the background. Mm. So I thought that was really cool how they portrayed that. Yeah, that was really neat. Sarah, this reminds me of um, what you included in your summary, which is around using, showing how, what society may perceive as a weakness yeah. as actually a strength. Mm-hmm. And... I feel like the movie did a good job of like being intentional about those details. Like you were saying, Sid, like really showing what it would be like to navigate in a world where you can't hear those tiny sounds and footsteps behind you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think even, you know, Reagan's deafness allowed this family to be able to communicate with each other. Cause even though she had the cochlear implant, they still all signed to each other. So had she not been deaf in this family, they would have even struggled to communicate and connect with each other. And so I just, I love that that piece of her wasn't a weakness, it was a strength. And and it brought that family even more close together 
um, mm -hmm. than they would have been otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that it wasn't like a cheap uh, detail mm -hmm. that they threw in. Yeah. Like they really integrated it into the plot versus mm -hmm. just like a little, a little add-on that will include the token person who's deaf who, mm -hmm. you know, they really integrated in fully. It was also nice to be able to watch a movie in a different language and I didn't need to read the subtitles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I was like, this is probably the only movie that I'll have this in, but oh, that is that's awesome. so true. And that was the other thing, guys, if you like, you had to be paying attention, like, mm -hmm. be because it's, it's silent. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you had to be fully engaged and in the movie to catch everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely not a film that you could just like throw on. Like you got, mm -hmm. I was watching with like a bunch of friends last night and I was like, they would start talking like, you're missing it. You're missing it. <laughs> this is important. You're missing it. I'd pause and I'd be like, this is what you missed. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> that's awesome see I would love to watch it again with you and a bunch of people just to watch you play like hall monitor yeah like, you can't talk you're missing it. pay attention yeah. this is important can you do that in all of the movie theaters once they open up again <laughs> as well oh, no you cannot open your skittles people people talking in movies is like I'm like mm -mm. I don't play that game <laughs> Oh, yeah. One of the other things that I was surprised to, like, feel so relieved to hear because the rest of the movie was so silent is the first time that I think John Krasinski talks. I think he, he's oh, either yeah. talking to the boy or there's a scene where mm -hmm. he's talking to his son at the creek. At the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And then there's another yeah. scene where he's talking to Emily Blunt because they realize that they've successfully soundproofed their little basement um situation and it was like the relief of hearing a human voice after an hour and a half of like utter silence but seeing them like navigate their lives together it was just, it felt so warm to hear a human voice after so long and I didn't expect to feel that way yeah I mean I agree it's it, you're you're watching this film that's silent. It's like that becomes your norm too. Mm -hmm. So to, and like you can see the fear in the son's eyes when the dad starts to talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I was like, oh, oh, and then he was like, oh, no, you know, like explaining mm -hmm. it. I was like, oh, okay. Like it just yeah. takes you on this journey through those moments of really being there with the characters. And yeah, there was something so special and intriguing about that moment where a voice is finally spoken. And not mm -hmm. whispered, like spoken. Mm -hmm. Especially, I think, because our our current modern times, it's so easy for us to fill our, our time and our space with so many voices. Like, I know I'm always playing podcasts around the house or when I go on runs yeah. or, you know, we're in meetings all day where you're just constantly talking and hearing voices. Um, and to be, to feel the, like, void of that and then to get it yeah. back again felt like it's like a the gift was taken away and then we received it back and like finally experienced it for the first time again yes uh oh guys the baby's up <laughs> get the oxygen mask no, I'm <laughs> this is Sid's prop today she's gonna show how it's hard to keep babies quiet <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Should we wrap it up? 
Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Any final thoughts or things that we didn't talk about quite yet in A Quiet Place that you wanted to give a quick shout out to? Did we hit them all? I think one of my other questions was, <laughs> what was John Krasinski doing to her cochlear implant? I just, I, I don't, <laughs> the, that's another one of those details that bothered me, but not as much as the 472 days. Uh, <laughs> was what was he doing with that because that's not really like cochlear implants don't emit sound so what was he doing had he figured out these monsters and was trying to do this did he screw it up and then that ended up solving the problem like how mm, I have I have many many follow-up questions but uh yeah well he's dead so we can't ask him he's dead we can't ask him it's very never know but that's all right like he was just trying to get it. Well, she she couldn't hear with it on, mm-hmm. so it just didn't work. So it wasn't the point of him just like trying to get Fix it to it. work. Yeah, but that that's not the way that cochlear implants work. So they, it's a it's different than a hearing aid. Mm. So him tinkering with it to make it emit sound must have been an intentional choice. So I just I. I don't like how if he did figure it out, how did he figure it out? And how did he know that that would work? It anyway, there oh, there were just yeah. extra questions. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I right, sorry, y'all. I'm gonna I have to I think his arm's stuck in the bed. Okay. <laughs> that seems important. <laughs> Go attend to that. <laughs> it's just <right>. like <laughs> Bye Sid, oh, yeah. thank you for being on. Somehow this was so funny. And we've got a fourth guest. Yeah. (laughs) The baby. Yep. Let's be glad we're not living in a quiet place. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Many reasons to be thankful for that. I'm just going to say every man for himself. So, (laughs) babies. All right. Thanks for being on, Sid. We loved it. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me again, guys. Of course, always. All right. All right, Sarah, shall we wrap up? Yep, let's do it. All right. Okay, do you guys do you guys want me to log off for this so you don't hear the baby? <laughs> oh yeah, that works. Okay. All right. All Bye right. guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. So this was our review of a quiet place. Um uh, Really a, an intriguing film and a, an intriguing premise. I believe is it, ava- it is now available on Netflix. Am I right, Sarah? Mm, it's on Hulu. Hulu, that's uh, what it was. I don't know if it's on Prime, but I know it's on Hulu. On Hulu. If you are subscribed to Hulu, you can watch it for free 99 um, We will be back next week with another episode. Thank you for listening to this week's review um, of A Quiet Place on the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection. It was so great to have Sid on and just hear her perspectives and her thoughts on this film. This is something that we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our strategic whimsy experiment, and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review, letting us know you enjoyed this episode. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, 
or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week with a review of the film The Hate You Give. We hope you guys have an amazing week and uh, we'll see you soon.